Paladin's ass covering. I know, yeah, there's a lot of ass covering Twittering involved here. My name is Fatima. Um, my name is Lovel. And this is Champions and Chai a podcast where we talk about Champions and Ms. Marvel from the Marvel Comics. I, I actually made chai this time, so <laughs> I wanted oh. to ask you what your tea of choice was. I just have, like, Tetley English breakfast with some milk because that's, like, what we just drink in our house parents only buy like Tetley tea bags because uh that's the one that tastes the closest to the tea that they drink in Pakistan so yeah my, my dad also buys my parents have this whole thing because they both grew up in Darjeeling right so mm-hmm. everyone you know drinks Darjeeling tea but it's pretty expensive as a like import in the U.S. so then like whenever someone goes to India like everyone like requests like freaking like bags of Darjeeling tea so I have my own that I've been like trying to slowly get at but it's so good like my parents like trained me to drink it like every single day so <laughs> do you want to start with i don't know stuff wait which one marvel stuff in january with its eight with its 18th issue yes uh, but according to Saladi ahmed he seems to be implying that you know a new creative team will be taking over the book soon so uh what are what are your thoughts on that well, mixed feelings, of course, whenever it comes to Magnificent Marvel, it's always mixed feelings. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. I am I think it is like a good natural ending. My, I feel like my feelings might have shifted slightly when everyone was like, oh, this Marvel's getting cancelled. I'm like, no, it's not getting cancelled. Like, this happens. This is like a regular thing that happens. Like, yeah, Marvel when... Yeah, like, this is like a natural ending you know so that made me a bit more angry about it <laughs> ending if you know what I mean because everyone was like oh it's getting canceled this marvel always gets canceled and it's yeah like, no Starts it's like not <laughs> from the from the like dark alley of the internet all these like losers come out yeah exactly that's annoying when that happens it is very annoying but yeah so i i don't know I, it depends on Whenever we it, the next creative team gets announced, I guess then we'll see how we feel. You know, <laughs> if you had to pick a next, you have to be a writer. Okay, but you influenced me so much, so I can only say like Nadia Shamas, right? <laughs> have you read? Uh, I don't know. Uh, not a lot of her work is kind of freely available, but the two short comics that I read on her website, I I did. Yeah, I saw that you linked those comics. I like they're really good. <laughs> like I don't know. I think the vibe is very similar to this Marvel. You know. <laughs> Yeah, especially the one about how she, about her summer child. Like, yeah, exactly. That's like what I want to see. I just want to see Mala having fun with other brown kids and that kind of community feeling and like oh, definitely book. And I'm so excited for her original graphic novel. And I'm even more excited since she confirmed Nakia. I know because <laughs> I got to my king point on Twitter and I yeah. Her, is Nakia going to be in this? Because this is not a bit a good week for her. I, I mean, think that, I think the amount of like likes and tweets from that that you sent out about Nakia, like I think it shows, you know, what the fans want. So I hope other people like saw that, you know, other yeah. people hint other people. <laughs> other people, because yeah, and because Nadia is writing the graphic novel, I'm not sure if they'll make her take if they'll let her take on the series. So I think it might be someone else. Well, if I think do- it's like whoever, like if they do find someone who's well suited for this like narrative, I think be a good job opportunity you know I, I definitely feel like when it comes to comics like x-men and things like it's it's mostly kind of like shifted around a lot of like already famous comic writers but then when it comes to like characters of color who are more like you know there's that opportunity to like you know get recognized by marvel really good on your resume for the future if you're a creative writer you know yeah so i think it'll have to be someone who's new to comic then i really which, hope so which could be could be exciting i hope it's like not a daisy author who wrote a book that i disliked but i yeah there are many of those <laughs> i don't want to tear other daisy authors down but at the time i just like i've read stuff 
And I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> this is kind of like a very specific conversation about like Daisy and like diaspora right yeah. now. But there's a lot of like, there's a lot of Daisy content out there that I'm just not vibing with, you know? Like I vibe with Nadia Shema so much more, even though it's Palestinian and Orthodox Christian, just because I, I don't know. I think it's like kind of because she's younger. Yeah, um, no, definitely. She has like kind of the experience with Marvel that, the fans of Ms. Marvel have had. She got into it, I think it was like 18 or 19. So she like consumes it maybe the same way we do. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm glad that Saladin's staying on Miles Morales though. I think, that, mm-hmm. I think that's like well suited for him. Like, did you see that he has a new project in 2020 that's not announced, but who knows what it is? You know? <laughs> I think it's an amulet solo that would be that would be fun i would but that's that's going into our topic about miss marvel should we start with miss marvel or with champions <laughs> like i don't know like you want to start with like something we're like unanimously happy about or something that we're very not think, unanimously happy about i think we need to like let the feel the like very intense feelings out first so let's just talk about miss marvel <laughs> okay so uh well, okay. how did you about the ish for the last panel i guess okay i liked it kind of <laughs> i cut yeah i liked it kind of too um, there, there's like i said i liked the nice like moments with kamala and bruno and like nakia all together you know just like old times as it just like <laughs> yeah Kamala, Nakia, and I guess Bruno are in the circle queue. I'm just like, ah, oh, it's Marvel. Yeah, it's been so long. It's been way People too long. People are like, annoying as fuck. I'm just like, so like, it's Ms. Marvel. He's annoying yeah. as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. Don't know how to feel about, like, I really like Dory of Amulet and how he has to, like, fight, like, how he has to fight. The, I think it's, like, an interesting narrative but i feel like it takes away from miss marvel you you know like you can feel like the contrast and the narratives and that like the writer really wants to like kind make of it. like that's what yeah that's what kind of i wanted to say like it feels like ahmed is just trying whenever amulet comes in he's just like explaining his backstory and it doesn't really it's not like kareem where he was there to like kind of build kamala up as a character and challenge and then you kind of organically ended up liking Kareem as a character it's like body is here to like just say like his entire backstory so solid and can use him again in a solo yeah because like like I do like Fadi a lot like I do enjoy him the character but and I think like if if he has a solo coming out I will buy it like first first issue I will buy it like I like this character he's very endearing he's like sweet like kind of like teddy bear jock type of thing which I'm totally a fan of you know (laughs) but but yeah I do like I do feel like there's like a big difference with like characters like Kareem he he was like you said there to like develop Miss Marvel like he what he he stole the show but unintentionally you know but with Fadi it's very obviously like this is my pitch for like a completely separate narrative you know yeah it doesn't I wish he was just like building the outlawed stuff more so I couldn't so I can just like be like on the Fadi train completely but I do I do like his character and I, I and I mean to be fair it's like not a thing in comic you to like use a self use like a popular character to introduce yeah. another spite like cloak and dagger got introduced in like spider-man there's like of. so many characters have done that so yeah it's yeah. understandable but i think just like maybe it's just like my build-up of different like views i've had with magnificent miss marvel that kind of like made me more aware of this yeah i was gonna say because like the it's nice that you know we have a new superhero of color but i I think Saladin Ahmed is a very nice man, but it's a little bit like, I don't know. I don't like the fact that other, that like the characters of color and Kamala's supporting cast kind of get sidelined in the series. But then the one who demographically matches Saladin Ahmed is like the focus. I think I would resent Fadi a lot less if that was, that wasn't the case. I don't know if it's like bad to say this or not, but. 
I think it's like it's a it's a valid feeling to have because he did it is like yeah I don't know it's like complicated because of course we always want more representation right but then like as like established fans of like Kamala and like the other characters like we're both Daisy we we want to like see her you know and like her development and with Magnificent Miss Marvel like I feel like it's been a lot of misses so then having another miss kind of feels like you know but it's like a complicated miss <laughs> because I do like Buddy a lot and I will buy his comic if it does come out you know <laughs> I will too. I'm like excited to like Salad and seems to really want to write an Amy. So I'm yeah. I'm and I, what I think the, the artist also part. Sarah Alfaki. Yeah, I have Sarah. listened to her on Code Switch. It's very like <laughs> I don't know. She's a very interesting person, but. Yeah, I think I'm very excited for them if they are able to like get a new opportunity to promote this character more because I do feel like, of course, we need like Arrow character Marvel and like Superno. So let's go on to a character we hate, which is Bruno. What a douche. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the point of the whole arc that he went through was if he's still like obsessed with having a girlfriend. Yeah, what was okay. Like, it just gave me so many bad vibes. Like, he is a douchebag. Like, he, like, in, like, the first Miss Marvel series, you know, he was just, like, he's boring. But, like, now he's, like, he's just, like, douchey. Actively a douche. Yeah, actively a douche. Like, your friend, like, your your friends are hanging out. Like, your best friend since childhood, like, went through a very traumatic experience and almost died. And then, like, the three of you finally get to hang out and, like, have some semblance of normality in your lives, right? And it's like, oop, you know, I got my, I got my little appointment going on. <laughs> Time Gotta to go. go. It's Gotta like go. my girls are easier to deal with than you. Bye. Yeah, it's it gives me the vibe of like I told you this the the friend who as soon as they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend they go spot like we are never hanging out again like I am only with my significant yeah. other at all times and I hate that so yeah exactly uh, like chill I, out I, man like he is such a simp <laughs> why did okay. they Saladin just decided to, like, hone in on Bruno's most unlikable character trait for some reason. And, like, yeah. I why. It's really grating on my nerves. I, I already told this to you, but I want to tell, like, our view, our listeners this story about what happened to me. So... I like made a new friend two weeks ago or so and from another friend and he's like Pakistani um, and he's also like nerdy. So we got along very quickly. You know, when, when Trump got out of office, we went out to celebrate or whatever. And then the first thing he brings up like, because we, like, briefly discussed Miss Marvel before, and he was like, oh, yeah, Miss Marvel's so great. I love the comic. He brought it up randomly in this conversation. He was like, oh, like, we were talking about Miss Marvel before, and I was like, yeah, it's great. And then he was like, what do you think about the love interest? I was like, which, <laughs> I was like, which one? And he was like, the white guy. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, I hate him so much. I can't stand him. And literally, he just wanted to bring it up just to talk about how much he hated Bruno. He was like, Bruno sucks. He only read the first volume, by the way, like, G. Willow Wilson's run. He hasn't even read Magnificent Miss Marvel yet. But, and he was like, I do not like that guy. He is boring. He brings nothing. He's dull. I, I like don't like him and I was like I really like Nakia and Kamala together and he was like me too like it's so much more interesting and like literally like he brought it up just to like rant about how annoying Bruno is which confirmed like I am like this 100% confirms my theory from episode one that all brown people who like Miss Marvel hate Bruno none of us like him like some people are like kind of mad about him but no one has very positive <laughs> Nakia could do all of Bruno's storylines but Bruno can she's she's just so much more interesting like we talked about how much more interesting she is she always gets sidelined very frustrating her outfit was cute in this issue it was Kamala's outfit was also surprising yeah I, this is, I love this is I one love, of Bruno's best which is just like a very low bar but still yeah he was just wearing like a normal white boy outfit but yeah the thing with Kamala is that she's not very fashionable like very very few times where she's fashionable so I was surprised I was like, happily surprised so <laughs> you put something together yeah you you wore some nice like you know a nice sweater some like high-waisted jeans it's nice I love her so much I think part of her charm is so <laughs> but like <laughs> but also she looks okay so should we talk about that that ending <laughs> <sighs> 
I guess I want to say let's compliment the art. The art was good. Oh, the art? Yeah, Minkyu Jung, right? Minkyu Jung. I liked how, you know, in Ms. Marvel, we're G. Willow Will's Marvel. We always get like these comedic panel layouts. Mm-hmm. And I like that we're kind of seeing like, you know, more of them. And I like some of the faces in it too. Like when Kamala yeah. gets the last seat in Habibi. That was a cute face. I enjoyed that face. Yeah, the art's really nice. I, I do style. Like, oh, I forgot about the beginning scene i like that a lot the like when her parents <laughs> were fighting see where you, like her dad the panel where her dad just like gives her the the roti and he's I just know. like it was very much like dc parents fighting one parent who reads the newspaper the other who just like looks at what whatsapp fake news <laughs> I, that's like my parents like my mom like reads like the whatsapp group and she just like says some conspiracy theory and we have to my like, mom do- too <laughs> My dad will just come home and be like, I read this on NPR, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I liked Kamala's inner dialogue at that point where she was talking about how, you know, like yeah. all her life, she felt like she had a target on her. And it's only growing, you know? I mean, this makes the Nikia part questionable, but I like how it feels like a lot of the parable for like, you know, American Muslim experiences, especially mm-hmm. uh, post 9-11 with, you know, yeah. the page and stuff with um in and you know Kamala says it's weird being the subject of a public debate and it's kind of going on with this theme and outlawed right of connecting like the increased surveillance that is needed to enforce this law with like the real world's consequent marginalized communities and stuff and like this time like Kamala is like trying to like actually defend you know the people in her community and I mean, she doesn't follow through with it because, like, they go on an adventure with body to defeat a ghoul, but I liked it. Yeah. It has good synergy with what Ewing and Champions, and, like, I guess we'll talk about that later, but I do like how Outlawed is going in this unique direction compared to other comic book events, you know, which is very much, like, based in, like, mirroring reality, but in a way that, you know, is... Not well, in it's still, it's, yeah. You're a white redhead model press, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I do I do like that a lot. But okay, so the ending. Let's let's just talk about that before talking about Outlawed some more. <laughs> I don't know. How'd you how'd you feel about the ending? Well, you know, shock, sadness, denial, rage, all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Okay, so then you saw on Mr. Ahmed's Twitter, right, about like, yeah, like oh, you know, it's not how it seems. <laughs> ass covering i know yeah there's a lot of ass covering twittering involved here but you know it's like i get it like a lot of there there are so many comics that like this is a cliffhanger and it's like oh like it was totally you know it was totally a red herring next issue oh it's a red herring obviously so i'm like you know this has a high likelihood of that but at the same time i just feel fear <laughs> yeah i i feel fear i just i just don't know what he what he's aiming at because like i don't know it's just like i wish you know there's this kind of trend that i noticed throughout miss marvel where they'll forget to do anything with nikia and then in the last issue they'll be like self-aware about it and be like oh we forgot to do stuff with nikia <laughs> And Kamala will just right, actually. <laughs> and this and this just kind of feels like that. Like Saladin was just going along, being like, "Oh, I forgot to do shit with Nikia. Why don't I make her the person who narks on Kam- who might narc on Kamala, or at least like make readers think that they're think that she's going to narc on Kamala uh, for for a bit, but then she doesn't. Uh, so it wouldn't annoy me so much if Nikia had actually, you know, been. A significant character throughout the last 15 issues I was like I remember reading this comic and I was like uh you know before the last page I was like oh this is really nice this is like these are like the most lives Nikia has had since the yeah. very first issue because normally she only see it says like five words in every issue but then like I got to the last page and I was like oh that's why <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean Okay, so I'll think about it on the positive side. We'll we'll like weigh out the positive and negative. Positive, at the very least, the the cliffhanger implies that there is a Nakia arc. You know? <laughs> there will there will be a lot of focus on Nakia in the future. 
at the very least that's that's what it implies so i'm i'm staying hopeful here i'm like bruno it is your time to go like fuck off with mike do whatever goodbye it's nakia's dramatic moment <laughs> you know maybe maybe she's like misleading what's his name dumb dumb duggan <laughs> and his little pal of cops you know <laughs> like uh maybe you know, maybe she has a plan and maybe she, maybe it's like she, who knows? It's just something that focuses on her for once, right? So I'm like trying to think of it that way, but. Yeah, it's like just to, just to be like the negative Nancy here. Um, no, I didn't. You know, it's also just like, I don't like that this is her first significant arc. Yeah. She could have done something else. Yeah, I can't, I, I understand. Especially since anyone who like knows Nakia, it's like she is very much the like, the farthest left character other than Titan of this Marvel cast, you know, you you know, she's like the community organizer. She's the she's the one who brings up like Marxism in subtle ways in the comic, you know, <laughs> along with Taisha. She's the one with like class consciousness, that type of stuff. Like she's very much that voice in the comic, which I always liked about her. So it is like very odd to see her like this. Yeah, it would have been. Like any of her white friends would have sent. Yeah, so like we we had we had a whole talk about this, but like on the first episode, it would it makes a hundred percent like sense to me that if Zoe was the one who ratted her out. But I don't know. I guess this is like typical comic plot twist type. You know, they're always something. So I don't, I don't know. I I just have to say like I'll try to be positive for now and hope that you know it brings something interesting and for not and not something that makes her character. You know. <laughs> But there's one thing that worries me, which is like okay. on the last cover, uh, for, on the cover for the final issue, issue 18, everyone's there except Nakia. Like, I think there is like a guy who looks like Josh cover. I mean, covers a lot, like they, but like Nakia's not there. And I, and I remember when I, com I remember when I first saw it, I commented, why are all her white friends who fucked up on this cover, but not Nakia? And now I'm like, Oh, I hope that's not why. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's starting to worry me. I know. It's just like, man. I don't know. I think maybe. Maybe you can be worried. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I was going to go into this episode being like, I'll be the positive one. Well, you know, no worries. We'll, we'll like, we'll figure this out. Like, no worries. And now I'm worried. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels bad that she's always sidelined when, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people who's comic is very much one of the characters. Yeah, exactly. And she and she's like the representation for Middle Eastern girls in, in Ms. Marvel, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I think like expecting everyone to expecting like every Muslim to kind of identify with Kamala is like is like a little much. Um but I mean, one of my theories about maybe why this was done is because Kamala, she was she was there at first to kind of be like a step ahead of Kamala in wokeness. But I guess, you know, per Magnificent Ms. Marvel, Kamala is pretty, she's not insecure like she was in G. Willow Wilson's run, right? She's yeah. like, she's like pretty like confident and she stands up for like work people or whatever in the monopoly arc and so i think like you know writers kind of see them as like well they're well they're both the same so maybe they like wanted to make nakia or so maybe he like wanted to make nakia flawed i that's like maybe. my theory yeah. i don't know i think there's other ways to do that that aren't so like weird like i really hope not <laughs> like that's pretty weird <laughs> I feel like Kamala still has room to like grow. Yeah, exactly. Like we were talking about the things that happen in Champion. Like these can be perceived. Like even issue two of Champions, like she she did mess up. Okay, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. We're gonna. I was gonna. Uh, I like noted that too. Yeah. So I don't. I really hope that's not the case. Yeah, because like I think you know I don't mind conflicts. It just has to make sense for the characters the yeah. way they set up and written and I just don't think I just don't think this makes that much sense for Nakia because she's only had three words every issue so how is that so the fuck were we supposed to know <laughs> this is the case maybe it's the some sort of bait and she puts herself in danger by trying to confront you know cradle the, cra the cradle guys 
gigantic. Yeah, they'll they'll be big. I I really hope that's the case. Yeah, but I don't no. know. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it's always frustrating when I don't know. We talked we talked about this before when Kamala's always this like figurehead of like yeah and everything. We were saying it would it is interesting the way it's like she she's become this icon, but like she still has all of the flaws. So I but like. I always did like Nakia's presence for her calling out these flaws you know? and being yeah. able to, like, I don't know where I was with that thought. It's just like, this mm-hmm. is so much Nakia. <laughs> I, I mean, what Saladin kind of does with Kamala, it's a little, it's different than Mark Wade. I will give him that because yeah. I think like Kamala, she, I noticed in like the last issue, she like didn't call the cradle people fascist and she was like kind of respectful as she was fighting them like she said stop throwing government property so she's very much a by the rules superhero when as per like status quo but then it's like other people saying fuck these like fascist cops i guess you wait and like anxiously wait and what happens in the next you know yeah like interested in seeing uh what he what he meant by saying like you know salad and when he said like it's hard when people assume you're going to make gross story moves because i was like i I don't i mean i assumed that because you put it in the comic so like yeah i don't know yeah (sighs) we can only unfortunately i mean i do i do like salad and Ahmed a lot so if we see a Fadi solo comic in the future, I'll be very happy about that. But, you know, it is time for a fresh start with Miss Marvel. <laughs> it, it, it is time. I hope the next writer is good. Yeah, I I hope so too. Well, on a more positive note, I am totally obsessed with Champions number two. <laughs> That was a really great comic. It was it was very good. I had a great time. I loved it. I mean, as the big fat champion stan, of course I did. But you know, I I was very happy with it. I loved everything. Okay, wait, I wanted to we didn't get to talk about the art last time, so I did want to talk about that. Like both Simone DeMeo and Bob Quinn. I adore their style. I there's a thing with like comics art. I never liked a lot of comics art. As someone who spent a lot of my adolescent manga and like watching animes like that, I do like the more, I do feel like with a lot of comic art by older men, it's very static. It's very mm. like, of course, this can't, I can't for everyone, but of course, but I do like that Marvel ever since like the 2010s, integrating more and more younger artists with like very interesting, captivating style, you know, like some is inspired by like anime, inspired by you know, like, whatever, fashion, all these different things that are, like, really interesting and, like, fresh, you know? So I, I'm very happy with the choice of artists. Spent, oh, and the cover artist, too. I forgot her name. <laughs> I didn't write down her name. Hey, you know? Tony. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. She she also has very great covers that I think are very, like, they draw your interest in it with, like, the colors, the dynamic, the, like, dynamic composition. Yeah. It's all, it's all very, like, I don't know, very captivating, I would yeah. say. Something about it feels just, like, very, I don't know, modern. And, like, yeah, exactly. Like, it, like, it feels, like, current, kind of, in, in a way, with, especially with how, like, the panels are kind of, like, arranged, like, they're like they're like kind of like tilted or whatever yeah. not good at, I'm not good at describing art but you know, <laughs> it feels like you're kind of like what it feels like uh, it feels like cinematic kind of but it's not like hyper realistic it's so yeah it's, it's, I, nice. I think the thing with a lot of these art styles I like how they like there's there's like art styles I like that I feel like capture adolescence very well like they have this like very like carefree feeling to the to like the colors and like the flow of the art if that makes sense. And I feel like all of all three of these artists like have that spirit in their styles, which I really enjoy. Like compared to volume one of Champion, uh, I did not like the art at all. I feel like it is like with, I mean, I respect all of these artists, but I do feel like there are artists who are more like a product of their time. And a lot of these like teen superhero comics, like especially with Champions in 2020, like that isn't like, this isn't that time anymore. I feel like, having the fresh, like these artists refreshing style it helps capture spirit of champions better if that makes sense you know yeah yeah it makes it really feel like of its time yeah definitely Not like an old i don't know something for like yeah this isn't like a old school like, this isn't for old school fans and that's like, fine you know they have their own things going on that they can enjoy you know so i like that a lot yeah so i just wanted to talk about the art because i'm so so great <laughs> but yeah. 
Uh, so the thing that kind of impressed me the most about it that I was kind of talking about before is how uh, e-viewing has read basically like it's so clear that she's no. <laughs> characters and like every um and like every issue of champions uh and she's she, like frantic i'm like amazed <laughs> like there's the little like subtle things that we notice that we might be reading too much into but the way Kamala at the beginning says, you know, we should just talk to Riri because she's from Chicago and she would know how to calm down this crowd of protesters that they're dealing with, that they're dealing with, right? And that's like a lesson that we talked about in our last episode that Kamala learned from Kareem. And I don't know if that was intentional, but that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I do like, yeah, I feel like in Jim Sub's run when they were, we talked about before too, but like going to every Middle Eastern country to help, it's just kind of like, you know, this is just enforcing like American policy onto another country, imperialism, but like, but when it, but actually like, you know, reaching out to like people who understand this community, I do feel like is a very like, it was just a subtle, like tiny scene in this issue, but it still like means a lot, you know? Yeah, it really kind of shows the way shows the differences between how Ewing approaches these characters and other other writers. Yeah, and it and it like displays Kamala's previously developed character, you know, yeah. is always appreciated. <laughs> because a lot of writers when when there's a switch off, they just kind of like let's reset everything. So I'm glad that, you know, Ewing didn't do that and like had had like the understanding to like continue, you know. I yeah. also liked the oh my god, there were like references to obscure characters here yeah the I mean, opening page like they were talking about like the other superheroes who screwed up like vance and yeah so- oh wither i thought that was very interesting to bring up wither like i don't remember him that well because i read his comic it was like he started new mutants and then academy x i think there's just like a lot of generations of like teenage x kids who like they either like are relevant today or they like kind of slip into obscurity wither like his power was like rogue times 10 which is like everything he touches decays and dies basically so he's like very much like big angst boy of the group you know <laughs> back back sad, in his comic sad boy yeah he's he's the sad boy and he has perfectly good reasons to be a sad boy so then he like Vance accidentally killed his dad with his powers because he didn't realize at that point, like his powers were just starting to emerge, I think. And then he realizes that everything he touched dies. So I thought that, yeah, that was like very interesting to bring up. And I feel like it's going to have a connection to Scott, like Scott's appearance, you know, mm-hmm. like referencing mutants specifically. I do feel like this law like does affect us in a way that like is very important. But also Krakoa is happening, so, but, you know, also at the same time, there are mutants who aren't on Krakoa yet, you know, who are probably affected as well. Because, like, you gain you gain your mutant powers, like, in adolescence, so, like, you're a teenager who can't, you know, you can't you help just, that you've got a power. Yeah, can't really help it. So it just disproportionately targets a marginalized group unintentionally, even though it's not written into the law. Yeah, so I I do feel like Scott's going to have things to say in the future <laughs> when, it, when it comes to that. Also, like, a very obscure new warrior time slip was at the... Yeah, so what's her, her deal is, like, she can put people into, like, a time, basically? Yeah, so, like, I do not... I haven't read, like, new warriors, I like the later series, but, yeah, apparently she's, like, pretty obscure, so a lot of people were surprised to see her there. Yeah, aren't the new fa- new warriors fans mad about they this? Are, they are mad. <laughs> I, are they, like, going I, to bat really obscure character yeah i saw i saw their angry posts but you know what if as long as the creative team doesn't see it like, no, no one else is going to see it just stay on tumblr yeah just stay on tumblr don't don't leave <laughs> i am i always have been frustrated with the way fans characters and they bring like it will I like I was looking at some like older posts from like 2014 and it was like actually really ugly when I thought about it like especially it's always down to news but um Richard Ryder fan like like yeah you weren't you weren't really into comics right but when Sam's comic on there was like a very I like totally forgot about this too it was like extreme hatred towards Sam like they were very upset about it to the point where I had a mutual on Tumblr who cosplayed at a con and I only when I saw my Tumblr posts I totally forgot about this, but like that person literally got harassed by people for cosplaying Sam instead of Richard. No, cool. like 
literally people like would walk up to my mutual and say like you're dressed as the wrong sam's like like poser stupid character like why are you even bothering i was just like what why is it like why are you taking this so personally (laughs) like i don't go up to like every i wouldn't go up to like a stark cosplayer and say you're a war criminal like as much as i want to i won't (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah it was like so there was like a very intense hatred there. I remember seeing like they did throw around racial very, very like yeah, very liberally like on Tumblr on their blogs or whatever. Like I don't really want to say what they called him, but it was like really disgusting, and it's always frustrating to see that, and it's like really saddening as well. You no, know, I feel like. This is something I totally forgot about, but I do think it's important to remember, like, you know, this behavior isn't like, really, you know? <laughs> it's always, I think it's always really hard when there's like a legacy character for a character that's beloved already, or like, yeah. it's something that, or like, uh, as you, I think you put it once, it's like a, a nerdy white guy makes this character 90% of their personality. So Yeah, basically. <laughs> so Miles kind of got that from Peter Yeah, Miles... Miles definitely got that. I like totally forgot how badly Sam got that. I don't know. I feel like, you know, you wouldn't really think about it as much with Sam, but it did. It was tense. Like Richard Ryder fans are like kind of scary, but whatever. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So hopeful, like, I don't know. I wasn't really happy with that, but oh yeah, I wanted to bring something up. Actually, there was like some comments on the champions issue that I saw on read comic online, which is like the worst. <laughs> I don't, I, I buy my, I bought my comic. Oh, it's like the worst place to go. If you're like, if you like any, any character, like any character that isn't white, like you will see everyone hate your character. But, but there were like some interesting comments though, that I wanted to bring up that I thought were very like, it was like people making realizations in the comment, in the comment section that, wow, this comic mirrors reality question mark it was pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) so i wanted to i wanted to read some of them if that's okay it's okay go ahead okay so it's this is the top comment which is um like also like if the creative team is like listening to this i don't know if they like they probably aren't but i i i don't torrent my com like i don't torrent your comment your comics i promise like i just like looking at comments i'm like being angry about them (laughs) Also, I'm really sorry, Saladin Ahmed. You you seem like a really nice man, and I'm sorry I didn't like your comic. Yeah, this is our, our sorry portion. <laughs> well, here, I'll start with the comments. So this is the first one about basically the school. So holy shit, how is the American public even remotely okay with this? The rehabilitation school is just a step and a half from being an effective internment camp with cult-like brainwashing. And then like the comments are like, well, I mean, there are kids in cages in the real world, and most don't care. Hell, thousands of kids got separated from parents, and hundreds cannot be found. So sadly, this, under, this can happen under the watch of an uncaring public. And then another comment which I found really interesting was by this person who said, You would be surprised at how okay people are with governments turning downright authoritarian or even fascist. And so this guy explains that he's French, and he's talking about the French protest going on right now about how like French teenagers are going on the street to protest about poor sanitary conditions in high school university and they're being beaten up and arrested by cops. Hardly anyone seems to care. Media reports it as dangerous teens wrecking havoc or some shit. And the people who notice it are saying things like, yeah, it's those damn kids who just want to skip school because they, they're they late, so they had it coming. So this guy says, it's not very clear what I'm trying to say, but as long as it doesn't involve them, people are okay with letting a lot of things slide, which I thought was really interesting that a lot of, I mean, Evie Wing even said herself on her Twitter that like, you know, she wrote this a long time, like a while ago. So she didn't expect so much of 2020 to be, <laughs> to like be coming her way, but I do think it is, like, really important that even, like, the day that this comic came out, there's, like, an important, you know, event, like, you know, world event that's happening about teenagers that directly mirrors this comic, you know? Like, I feel like a lot is being said here. And even, like, in one of the worst comment sections on the internet for, like, for comics, (laughs) people are, like, coming to these realizations, you know? That's so cool. Yeah, I just um, found it really interesting. All is not lost. People can learn things. (laughs) Yeah, so... I don't know. I just thought that that like really like stuck with uh, this same person made another comment. I'm trying to sorry, I'm like sitting down. <laughs> okay, so this person said it's crazy how Cradle is focused on teenage superheroes and not on the big ass company who literally attacked children with a fucking dragon, forcing the <laughs> aforementioned teenagers to require violence to prevent a mass killing. <laughs> And, and then the comments are like, money move people to look the other way. 
excellently said. <laughs> and then another comment, of course, the governments are always willing to turn a blind eye, even if they can, like, especially if they can get their slice of the pie, which is, you know, very true. Like, why is no one focusing on the company that fucking brought a dragon, like, to kill, you know, this teenage activist, you know? <laughs> so I just wanted to share that. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I think, I think, like, there was a lot going on here. And I think Eve Ewing did a great job of, like, depicting it all in a very concise but well played manner. You know? Yeah, just very palatable. Because yeah. I think it helps that all of, uh, like, a lot of these characters have real-life connections to, to policies like Kamala's Law that, like, affect actual minority groups. Uh, that jumbled words came out concisely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, you have like a little character from Arizona where, where Joe Arpaio was a sheriff and he would brutalize, you know, undocumented people in, in like detention, in his detention centers. Yeah. So, so that's like this really salient, you know, real life thing that recently happened that is explicitly brought up in this comic. And then, you know, even Lana and Amka are bringing up what has happened to, uh, to uh, Jewish people and indigenous people under, under oppressive government. So yeah. it's like really helpful that the composite champions is mostly minority teenagers so that you can tell the story rather than like X-Men where we're just being chased by a giant robot. <laughs> I'm sorry for dumb. <laughs> No, yeah. it's it definitely has a nuance to it that's very like it's very refreshing. To see. And you think about how you know the the racial makeup of this team is like mostly like ninety nine percent non white. So it makes you think like you know a lot of people are saying like why is this event happening again when this happened like already in civil war? But Eve Ewing already has like shown really well that this is very different than what happened back then. And the way she's tackling it is very different from the way it would, like Civil War was written. There's, there is a nuance here that like isn't often present in comics. And it's very much because these are non-white kids. Like this, like when laws are put into place in our, in like American and North American society, a lot of them are specifically fashioned so that they can basically exploit people of color you know and minority so seeing that like really like well depicted in this comic was like you know it, it was very touching for me <laughs> yeah because like the thing is like you know with the other side people often because like I think like before this comic actually came out people were like well teen heroes should be outlawed because like you know they always like get in this kind of crap but yeah. then like um but then it's like that you know also would require you know uh more surveillance and more police because you're outlawing something right so you're criminalizing yeah. behavior and you know what other way to control that would and like how else would you be able to control that than like you know institutionalizing these teenagers who are mostly minorities so she's trying to like say something it's not just baby jail yeah <laughs> <laughs> baby jail part two but no i also like the way outlawed started in the first place like with this comment we said about you know the fucking dragon but the companies big corporations but also the fact that like the champions like as soon as they made one mistake like people like you know the government jumped on that immediately which like mirrors so much of real as soon as like black people as soon as like non-white people they make one mistake everything like all expectations are changed you know like all like everything yeah, this, everything changes it wouldn't know? happen yeah they can't they can't like no no one can afford to make that one mistake so i thought that was like very interesting how like outlawed started this way like as like the champions like they might not have like seen it coming but they were they were being heavily monitored until this moment and maybe like probably even like manipulated into this situation we'll see we'll probably upcoming issue but i just thought like the way this event was constructed using like a premise that's already been used but doing it in a really original way that like speaks to people now, especially was like really, you know, it's great. <laughs> it, it is great. Also see like, I think with those comments, what like stuck out to me is like seeing comic readers be like actively inst by what they're reading, right? Like, you know, usually- And ones you wouldn't expect. Yeah, in places you definitely would not expect it to happen. You see it happen, like people, like these people are coming to like really like interesting, and thoughtful conclusions based on like what they read and 
I hope Ewing knows that like her writing is affecting people in that way you know like this French person who commented obviously really felt like strongly about this you know with the protests happening in France right now so I don't know it it touched me (laughs) yeah it is touching uh I guess like you know maybe guess we could get into like the character dynamics a bit okay on a more lighthearted note (laughs) so okay do you want to start or i i guess i don't know but you said lighthearted i was gonna talk about the kamala reader stuff yeah okay that's not as lighthearted. i was just i was just thinking about riri like getting into a fight with sam and i was like gleeful <laughs> yeah that is gleeful uh <laughs> i like how af- after you know riri co- confronted kamala and then and then someone said kamala's lot and then kamala said don't call it that i thought that was really cute yeah <laughs> funny which is something that a lot of writers forget Kamala Khan is funny. I know. <laughs> I think the character writing was so great. <laughs> this issue, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought, you know, again, it's like really uh, grounded in who these characters are and their solo runs. Definitely. Like, you know, it's Sam, is like the one who kind of is, wants to like head first into things and help people with the protests at the beginning. He yeah. hasn't he hasn't had a Kareem yet to school him on imperialism. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of like the hard-headed one always like rushing in you know? but yeah. it's like it's from a passion that's very admirable I feel like about the character like Sam Sam's like kind of dumb sometimes but it's just very like charming to me <laughs> yeah I think that passion is something I really admired about him like from his solo mix so yeah I, I really like how he's writing and I, I can really see where Kamala and we both come from I guess yeah. because you know I think Kamala, I think it's very natural for her to like never to to never like doubt that she's doing the right thing. That's kind of her default state, and that's why yeah. she gets into a lot of. And that's like mainly why she gets into likes, right? Like in civil, like and kind of like in Civil War too. Like she's and like you know, but uh, and like also the Karachi arc. She's just kind of goes into things. She she believes strongly that using super that like using her superpowers to help people is the right thing to do. It's like, you know, uh, forgetting Quran quotes, damn it. But you remember that Quran first issue, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like So like, yeah, it's like the core of her character. So when the government's telling her not to do it, like say like, screw you, I'm still gonna do it. But then Riri, you know, in the Ironheart, so it's, she's really, she's really different. She like has a lot of self-doubt about whether she is a good person. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, in the Outlaw number one solo comic, it probably, she had to make a very difficult, much more difficult sacrifice than Kamala. She but had she to did. sacrifice instead. So, uh, I mean, like, sorry, I mean, like, don't like the fact that Viv had to die, but like, but like, yeah, so, whereas Kamala just, you know, ended up sacrificing herself, which isn't like something that she's gonna have to grapple with moral, morally yeah, as much. So, no, it, so, it makes a lot of sense that like, Riri is like, not not wanting to fight the law as much Kamala yeah I I definitely like that about Riri she is a very like complicated character which brings a lot um also I liked her point about having like a secret identity compared to like her being like a public figure you know like she like there are eyes on her like ever since she like got into MIT right she's like this kid genius she made this armor like she's always like there's always eyes on her so it the way she is affected like by all of what's happening is very different from the way like Kamala and Miles are you know Mm -hmm. so I I think like it was like it was important for her to call to like you know call them out a bit on that like yeah especially since she's like a young black girl who like entering this like very judgmental world of academia and like you know as as well as like superhero superhero and things like that like she people know it's Riri Williams like in that armor you know so what Talked happens to her will affect family. yeah exactly it'll affect her family her mom her friends like and also her community you know people yeah. might like like more more so more like Chicago exactly exactly like associate her with her community so I did think that was like very important of her to say and it did bring up like a good conflict between all of them you know mm-hmm. yeah but man Riri <laughs> yeah I, also I can't keep track of who Rose Kamala I champion I guess okay. it's only Miles and Sam 
because she didn't tell Riri. She, Viv knows. Like, and, Viv, so Viv, Riri, Milestone. Okay. Maybe Amadeus actually. <laughs> Wait, I'm like trying to remember. Agents of Atlas, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there was something that happened because um, Miles and Kamala were there when Amadeus was like at a low point. Um, so I'm like trying to remember. She had the- so maybe all of the original members or it's just like those those four. Mm. <laughs> also, where is uh, where in the world is Amadeus Cho? <laughs> yeah. Where is, where is my boy? <laughs> I love him so I Last episode, I was like, can't wait to see what Ewing does with his character and now he's just whoosh he's gone (laughs) he wasn't arrested (laughs) it's just like you guys are on your own yeah he probably went back to Pan I will we were saying this on Twitter like he probably just like went immediately like turned around went back to Pan flaked out on his friends like went to the beach like took a portal to Bali sipping some mimosas on the beach With the agents of Atlas having a good time or whatever, be fake as fuck. I love that about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's like that's just a very minor complaint though. I'm like I'm like, whatever about it. Cause you know, like these these four characters, like Sam, Kavala, and Miles, they're they're really like pushing this narrative well. Yeah, and then Viv at the end. Oh yeah. I I want to know I like the I don't know, I like the dialogue in the end as well with this mother saying like what it's like to keep running. I have no idea where she's heading, but <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where Viv's heading there. Where is um, she going? Taking the midnight train, yeah. going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume Viv's whole what's really driving Viv here might be like her guilt at like kind of the destruction that you no, know that happened, even though it wasn't really her fault. I had just it take it up it. with the man and like the other guy quick uh pinpoint. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah, she definitely feels a lot, you know, like, she did make, like, a brash decision, but also, like, she shouldn't have been forced to make that decision in the first place, you know, but there were so many lives at stake, this was a real, like, a corporate entity trying to kill you is scary, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, so I feel, like, I don't know, I have no idea what's going to happen with that, but I'm excited to find out. I think, I don't know, I feel like a lot of discussion about the comic has been like oh there's obviously one good side and one bad side and I really don't think of it that way like I mean other than the obvious that Cradle is taking advantage of this opportunity to like really enforce some authoritarian policies that are really hurtful to a lot of people like has been covered but I feel like the people who have concerns about minors being superheroes like all of them are presented as very valid like that fight at the beginning the activists and the counter protest you know mm-hmm. like they all have good points this girl jamila has a good point like she was deeply affected by that she was there you know they are victims like and of course like if you if you encounter an event and the superheroes who were there like still didn't make you feel safe like of course you'll be scared you won't think of them as like figures you can have faith in it mm, yeah but obviously like i don't know of course there be like the, there is like an authoritarian force on this side as well but i don't think everyone like i think we did a good job of showing that like not everyone on this side is like it's like evil. flat out wrong or what they believe in or a cop yeah exactly like they might like you know the protesters might call the counter protesters cops but like you know like if i was in the marvel universe and i was like a big champions fan i said this before i would still be like oh my god they're like freaking like 16 year olds with like superpowers this is like really like (laughs) fucking me up you know (laughs) i think the protection of minors is like something that's talked about a lot in politics and this is like what a lot of you are believing in the protection fortunately like like i feel like this mirrors the real world like a lot of laws like they would help can be manipulated very easily you know (laughs) because in real life a lot of laws i know like a lot of laws about like childhood negligence are used against you know mom's moms of color black moms exactly yeah their children away and that's like what i thought of when riri was like talking about like her mom would be charged with negligence and i don't think that was like you know accidental i think that's like really speaks to like the criminalization of black mothers and black parents when their kids thing also just of course it's always like systematic oppression of the poor and yeah so i can like 
of course there are like when you whenever you see these conflicts like in the real world there are mothers you know they speak for these policies and you can tell like they had a genuine intent but they obviously didn't see the other side of it you know mm-hmm. which i feel like Evie does she just does a really good job with it also like in a way that's not too complicated for like a comic reader to read i was like damn she's like, <laughs> she knows what she's doing you know <laughs> sociology professor universe chicago Oh, definitely. Like, she's like, she's like probably the smartest writer. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm very impressed. Like, it was, there's a lot going on here, you know, which I feel like, you know, people would be like, why are you making a podcast about like one fucking comic? I'm like, there's a lot to talk about with one comic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're talking about Ms. Marvel too. Yeah, two comics. But yeah, there's there's a lot. Definitely, we could probably just make this about champions if we wanted, if there was more out there. But yeah. But I guess the Outlawed event is a good vehicle for like tying it all together. So much of it over each other, you know? Uh-huh. Also, like, I guess like Miles didn't have as much of a big speech as the other characters in this issue. But I do like that he has like, I don't know, he just has like this more nurturing side of his personality, which... I think, I don't know, whenever I see him, like, be, like, very gentle in the way he, like, (laughs) huh? He's dad friend. He is dad friend, like, (laughs) but, yeah, even, like, when he was telling me, like, you know, you you ghosted us, and, you know, that wasn't a nice thing to do, he said it, like, in a gentle way, and I was like, aw. Like, I don't know, he, I think he's, like, very firm in his conviction, but, like, he won't, you know, he's not too- He's, he's not mad, he's disappointed. Yeah, exactly, like- you know, you can kind of tell that, like, contrast of him and Sam, which I think is fun. I love, I love, it. but, <laughs> like, Sam being the more, like, he, like, acts on his emotion very quickly, but then, My- like, Miles, like, he tries to, like, stay ground, and even, even if he was upset at Riri not contacting them, he still, you know, clearly communicate his feelings, but in a gentle way. <laughs> also, I just love the, the way they talk. Oh my god, Sam gives, like, some big speech about his feelings, and then Riri's like, we're gonna, like, have a fucky fight one day, <laughs> You don't get it. <laughs> exactly. And she, yeah, then Ewing, I think being a professor helps her write young people and not being that too. Definitely. Like, I I enjoy the their dialogue a lot and the way they like, it's it's very fun. Even though there's a lot there's a lot of high stakes stuff going on, it's still fun. <laughs> but yeah, I I just I'm just singing the praises of now. Yeah, I can't what do you think it's gonna happen next, I guess? I don't know, but I guess we didn't, like, I think last episode happened before the preview for issue three came out, so. It was the fourth issue. Or, yeah, issue four, sorry. But, yeah, we're we're gonna go crazy, like, there's there's some good stuff coming up. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to Krakoa, or behind the portal. I guess, like, Scott is gonna help. Scott is gonna come in the third issue, then the fourth issue, they're gonna go to Krakoa. You know, I'm very excited for that, and I am, I'm sure, like, it's going to be a lot of fun. Scott, like, I don't know, I complain, I, uh, we, we already talked about complex feelings about Scott, but it is, like, with the previous volumes of Champions, like, he really, like, sticks, he really sticks with you. (laughs) Whenever he comes, he, like, he, he makes a big, big impact, so I'm very excited the cover art looks so the little like pirate or how adorable i guess with, to tie in with the how do you pronounce it the marauders yeah i guess yeah that's it that's what it said i think in the solicit text yeah so scott's going to bring the marauders and i don't know i was thinking maybe they'll just would- be on the boat and they won't actually be able to go to krakoa and i'm like i want them to go <laughs> yeah also it has the potential to tie up some things that happened with the other mutant teens like um you know Miles was roommates with Gold Balls. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> yeah, and so I I really want Miles to find out that Gold Balls is the instigator of, <laughs> of the mutant nation state. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would be so fun. Like, oh, like, Miles would be like, where did, where did you go? Like, you know, fucking, you know, we were roommates. What happened? You just didn't, like, dropped out of high school. And, like, literally everything that happened with Gold Balls. Yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm not, not sure what else there is to talk about, but you have any... I'm sure there is. I'm like, wait, let me... I don't know. Well, MCU Ms. Marvel started filming. Um, I know. Yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> I am nervous. <laughs> nervous too. Carmen Cabana, I also wrote down your Carmen Cabana cinematographer for it as per discussing film. And she did some good TV shows in the past. So that's promising. I don't know this person. Who, what has she worked on? She did uh, High Fidelity. And then she also did Narco. That's- oh, wow. Narco. <laughs> <laughs> She did, like a, she did like a lot of the projects. Her, she's like, her IMDb list is very long. Hmm. Well, that's exciting. And I think I can, I can like kind of see it. There's like a lot of, you know, city scenes and scenes where they use like kind of lighting from the streets to light people and stuff. Yeah. That would work well for Ms. Marvel. It definitely would. Huh. I'm excited. Yeah, that's a- that's a nice piece Yeah, so it's cool that the crew is gonna be a lot of women of color. Yeah, definitely. I think it's great. Like, I haven't watched our <laughs> But I think, you know, that's shaping up to be a good cinematic crew. <laughs> Disney Plus show, I mean, just from... I know we have our feelings about M Wanda and Vision, but just from the Wanda Vision trailer, it looks, like, ten times better than, like, these. Like, oh, visual- yeah. I haven't watched the trailer, actually. I'm like, I know a lot of people are excited about WandaVision, but also, like, okay, I do like Vision, but I don't... I- particularly MCU. care about mcu vision or wanda like <laughs> actually I, but it does see it does seem to have like an interesting premise but also i'm like the vision comic itself is probably better because <laughs> it was the original you know yeah but i mean it does look uh, it does at least like look visually impressive yeah the rest of the mcu so that's so, so that's something true like, like i it to look like homecoming because where it's just yeah, like homecoming's kind of ugly like yeah <laughs> Like, Peter lives in, like, an Ikea catalog bedroom. The vibrancy of that I get when I look at, like, Adrian Alfano, Ms. Marvel, I want, I, like, want to see that on the screen. No, definitely. I, I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I do have high hopes for Ms. Marvel, despite, ever, like, our Things fears about casting. Ever. Yeah. No. The different, you know, just all the theories about the the cast. Who knows? Okay, speaking of skin tone, that was, like, my minor complaint of champion, like, um, it was just the colorist for like Sam. He was he was very light. I'm not like, <laughs> yeah. I I know most okay. I like it's not like if you whitewash like a different character, I would be more upset about this. I I acknowledge that Sam for like most of his run has been like depicted very light skinned and like basically white, but that's because of white artists, you know. So um, I'll say with the 2007 Nova series, like um, with Ramon Perez, he he like had an affection for Sam. You could like see this and like ever, like all of the art he did. I think among like Nova fans, like he was like the established like artist for Sam. I feel like he. There's another writer, Loveness Jeff Loveness, I believe. That like them together, they worked on it together. But you could see a lot of Ramon Perez's like cultural identity, like in the comic. I would say like Sam's family was expanded. He has an abuela who's like you know a pretty funny abuela and like you know all the all these like different things like he has like these fun uncles all this like like a lot of family dynamics that weren't present in the in the comic when it was written by white men and you can tell there was like a lot of like nuance here about like how Paris felt his own identity so and like he did depict Sam as like very tan having like thicker eyebrows being a lot more like visibly you know so I feel like since that was the most solo comic Sam was in I do wish that like yeah that's like a problem with you know, with like characters and color, characters of color in comics, there's like not really a standard to for to draw them. But then with white yeah. characters, they always get them right. It's like, of course they. Do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a bigger problem in comics, but I do feel like with with Sam, it was like it's more complicated because it's white as like for so long, you know. But you, you know, like I would, I would still be like, I would still appreciate if they stuck that those character design choices from his previous you know team who worked on him because i do think like it was really it was really nice and like that comic is really good by the way i would like i highly recommend it it's one of it was one of my favorite comics of that time it it was like such a shame that it was cut off at like seven there was so like so many people loved it the writing is excellent the like the the comedy like i actually like richard Ryder because of that comic (laughs) it's it's really good but yeah i I think this is just like a greater problem in comics, of course. And but with champions, it's like you know that like the other characters of color, they're not going to treat it like that. But with Sam, it's like more confusing. I would say. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> so it's a minor. It's a valid one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Since my boy Amadeus was not here in issue two, I will say Agents of Atlas really good. Please, Atlas, Atlantis attacks. It is like I 
I think it is like definitely like one of the most nuanced comics out there, especially for like the complexity of Asian identities. It's really good. I enjoy it a lot. Like Greg Pak is doing a great job. I've always been a fan of his. So Miss Marvel, Champion, Agents of Atlas are like comics I'm reading. <laughs> That's why I need to like, br- I'll bring Spider-Man Miles Morales into that as well. But then only those four, literally that's it. <laughs> and all of them are like Champions members, so. Yeah, hence Champions and Chai. Exactly. That verification on the title for white people, because for <laughs> Chai just key in, in Hindi or Urdu. It is not like a special drink or mm-hmm. like it's it's just tea. So I guess you can say like masala chai for like the Indian yeah, masala and Pakistani chai, but masala is just like the you know, the spice blend with like the cinnamon, the cardamom and all that stuff yeah. that Starbucks Cloves, tries to make all when that they good make stuff. their chai tea lattes. But chai tea latte doesn't make any sense as a phrase because it's tea yeah. tea latte. So, so the more the more you know. Fun fact. Yeah. Also, not non bread. Just say non. <laughs> yeah. Or roti, like as Kamala said. You know. <laughs> I, roti roti is like a different. Roti it is, is like, a different kind of bread. <laughs> it's like not. It's I don't know. But it's like flat. It is. Oh my god. Um. Actually, that reminds me of what like uh, Fadi's cousin's little restaurant in Jersey. I thought that was like a cute touch. When you're around a lot of like young DC people, there's like a lot of people have like dreams of like starting like, you know, a nice little family business that's like, you know, it can like bring, you know, it has like a sort of ambiance that like our parents' generations like restaurants don't have. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I think like, you know, Pakistani restaurants when they're owned, I guess when they're owned by like older people, it's very like plain decor and stuff so that white people don't come it's very like to the point it's like you're here for the food there there's no vibes just go (laughs) you know yeah you know in my um in university like there was a there's a cafe right beside where I lived and it was a it was run by a Syrian like they were a refugee and they made it like this really popping cafe basically like I feel okay if you do want a chai latte like if you go to like a South Asian or Arab owned cafe you will get the best chai latte (laughs) but they like they did really good business and you know it had good vibes everyone wanted to go there to study and hang out so I don't I just thought it's like a cute touch like these are like small things you don't really think about like when you're a part of these communities but like you know it's just nice seeing it there you're just like oh it's like familiar to me you know <laughs> and it's nice that like the you know thing from issues from way back in issue six was like kind of rot full circle connected to body so yeah <laughs> I do like I do think his like if he does get a solo like it, it'll be a very interesting premise I like the like magical aspect yeah. and the gin it kind of like it kind of gives me the vibe of like you know those like kids cartoons of the early 2000s like American Dragon Jake Long type <laughs> like yeah that's an interesting comparison I like something like you know there's this normal teen who gets like, you know his grandparents mystical powers and then you run around it's it's like fun <laughs> yeah I'm excited to see if he has like you know supporting cast like who's yeah, in it. I think like his cousin's bar. Is, I think like it's interesting. Of course, we have well, there's our two complaints for, but yeah, I think Fadi is like building up character on it. Yeah, yeah. But, like anything else we should talk about? Oh wait, I wanted to promote another comic <laughs> that I'm buying. <laughs> okay, we can just cut to this. But um, where wait is it? Werewolf at night. Um, <laughs> I night. How Werewolf by Night, yeah. It's by that guy from the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> but he's indigenous and it's an indigenous character, right? Yeah, so this is like a, like a new take on like this very classic old like pulp horror comic by Marvel. So his name is Jake, like the, the main character. So he's this, he's Hopi. The Arizona reservation area is where it takes place and this like young teenager named Jake. And he basically has the ability to turn into a werewolf by night. So <laughs> it's like very promising first issue. And I definitely recommend it to anyone who are teens of color at, like doing their thing. It also has like outlawed references, which I wasn't expecting, but it it's like playing, it seems like it's going to be like a, it is going to be a major point of contention in that comic. And it's like a five issue minis. I will. So we'll like see how it goes, but I really liked it. It had this like very like young, refreshing feel of how native like what their concerns are what they're so i highly recommend it yeah it sounds like a cool comic
for tuning in for this month's episode of Champions and Chai. If you like what you heard, subscribe to us on anchor.fm slash champs hyphen chai or wherever you get podcasts and please rate and review us in the Apple Podcast Store. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you.